So the yeah. idea of a revival in a Baptist church, which is what I grew up with, was basically a week-long meeting brought together with the idea of get closer to God. You bring in a special speaker. It's a week or three days or whatever. There's this progression. By the end, you get that hellfire preaching that supposed to stir everybody, go up to the altar, turn in all your Hollywood movies and <laughs> pledge to go to the mission field and all this. And that's kind of turned me off to it because it's like... I legitimately saw revival in our youth group and we went from about 50 kids to 1,500. So is revival something you personally pray for? No. He's trying to figure out how to get that excitement and sometimes you search for a feeling and that doesn't work and sometimes you search through it by doing stuff and that right. really didn't work. If you really want revival, it's got to start. I'm Chuck Tate and here at Fellowship of Believers, we encourage families, strengthen marriages and edify the body of Christ. I'm Larry Grimm. We also promote biblical doctrine in a fun and engaging way. And I'm Sarah. And if it's Christian, we're talking about it. This is the Mike Charleston Show. All right, guys. I, I was waiting for the, 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 the in-studio audience. Yeah, oh, there we go. Thank you. No standing ovation necessary. But okay. Not this time. <laughs> All right. They, they went a little long there. All right, guys. Well, thank you for li- uh, watching or listening to the Mike Charleston Show. I am with Larry and Chuck. Okay. Hey, Mike. And uh, Sarah's here also. Here. And Joshua's on the board. Uh, he's not going to say hi. Uh, you can yell. Oh, he's not going to say anything. So anyway, he's a little shy. Uh, I could take that camera and show, but uh, I'm not going to ruin it. Okay, so today's episode, um, I was going to say something about my personal life, but... um, We might need some CPR. What? Revival. Oh, revival, (laughs) yes. Yes. No, we've just been spending a lot of time with our grandchild. Ah, yeah. And uh, Jasmine is doing well. Yeah. So getting ready for my second one. Mm -hmm. And I... That's right. I I just... Anyway. Anyway. So anyway, Sarah gave me a haircut today. So if you've noticed, I don't don't look like an 80s kid anymore. (laughs) So anyway. (laughs) Today's episode, I know we kind of talked about about this about a year ago. We talked about this about a year ago. Yeah. And um, when we were talking about Azusa... Not Azusa Street. uh, Asbury. 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 Asbury Revival. Uh, but I wanted to talk about revival. This was kind of on my heart. We talked about it Sunday a little yep. bit and uh, getting ready for the camp this coming fall and just where, where God wants to direct us and all that. And so revival has been on my heart. And uh, it, it was I was watching a couple of videos, and uh, it, it does say that the, the common saying is that if you really want revival, it, it's got to start with you. And, and I, I always tell this to my kids because they're like, why don't we do this? And I'm like, why don't you do this? If if you want it to start, it's got to start with you. And so I was kind of taking that to heart, like, okay, if if revival has to start with me, well, what does that look like? You know? And so that was kind of Sarah's question. But anyway, you're supposed to ask the question, Chuck. Well, so like you said, we were <laughs> talking about it some on Sunday. You were sharing as we were thinking forward towards the camp. But um the the idea of revivals. I mean, what it, what is it going to be? What does it look like? What what is that? What is revival? And is it, it mean different things to different people? Right. So, what, when you're talking about it, what does it mean to you? Okay. So, is this where we're supposed to? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do I have to start? You well, don't you have could to. pass to Larry. I, if you like, like, no, but I, I, I am curious. I'm curious what everybody thinks because I mean I know what you think because right. we were brought up in a similar way. But for I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want them to change their opinion. They're not going to change their opinions, <laughs> okay. but I am curious about how what you think revival is, and you, Larry, for sure. Uh, wow. Well, anyway. <laughs> well, should we start with Chuck then? 
Sure, we can start. Me. Okay, so I know you're thinking of me. I grew up in a Baptist church, right. so the yeah. idea of a revival in a Baptist church, which is what I grew up with, was basically a week-long meeting, sure. uh, a series of meetings. Yeah. Uh, it's shortened over time now. I mean, now it's down to basically three nights for the most part, uh, or three, more three meetings. But I grew up, you know, uh, early on. I remember actually very early being two-week revival, but very often a one-week revival, which was an organized set of meetings brought together with the idea of Helping people to be um, get closer to God. Get closer to God. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. To, sure. to, to be a little more real about, intentional about what they are doing with their relationship with God. Um, you know, sure, you try to bring other folks in, but mm-hmm. um, it's not. You know, it wasn't often that you actually saw somebody come in and get saved in a revival. Sure, but that's what it was growing up to me. Now, that is that what it means to me? Not really. Uh, me personally is more of a, I think it's more of a, like you were saying, it starts with you. It's more of a personal thing that then can outgrowth into more of a uh, community type okay. thing where it, it starts with you actually looking at, you know, what am I doing? Uh, what What is it that God wants from me? And seeking Him to for direction more in your life and really looking at, you know, what do I need to change? What do I need to do so that that my... Desire is more in line with God's desire, sure. so that it can affect other people. That, to me, is more what real no, revival good. would look like. Yeah, uh, that's pretty okay. We'll end the show right there. And, uh, <laughs> oh, no. So, All right, Larry, let, let's. Uh, what to you? What does? I know it's a loaded question because right. you may not even believe it's supposed to be a thing. But, well, I mean, it is. I, okay. it's just, I, I, I mean, mean, I feel like when he first said revival, you already had pushback. You're talking about like Holy Ghost revival. Yeah. <laughs> so, just saying. Well, because that's kind of the connotation is that you get to camp, the tent, and right, you know, right. you have a, it always seems pictured as, like Chuck was saying, it's, you bring in a special speaker, it's a week or three days or whatever, and it's always, we were talking earlier before the show was, there's this progression, you know, it's by the end of the whatever time period, it's you get that hellfire preaching that supposed to stir everybody and you're supposed to get I'm to like, the altar. And- right. You know, go up to the altar, turn in all your Hollywood movies and <laughs> pledge to go to the mission field and all this. And so, like, I don't, that's kind of turned me off to it because it's like you're just, you're, it's an emotional appeal. But that what do you last. think it is? Like, what to you personally? So when someone says revival, you you have that picture in your mind. That's what I picture. Okay, that's what that's you picture. <laughs> okay. So, so let me I ask, guess I'm a little jaded, but... Okay, that's say, can we say cynical? But <laughs> anyway, um, um, so is revival something you personally pray for? No. Okay. okay. I, I, I mean, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. I, like, well, because I think of like the definition of revive is like, well, like we were talking earlier is... Revive from what? Were you dead? I mean, yeah. it, to me, that's when you get saved, you were revived. And I, and I get, I kind of understand where, like, we're going to go to is, and like you were saying in the opening, is, yeah, there's a time when God kind of stirs you. It's like, what are you doing? Where are you going? And you're, for lack of a better term, Christian walk. And it's, and I think we all need that. It's like, okay, we need to get back to, the basics of life. Base, yeah. <laughs> but you just wouldn't want to call that revival. I, I mean, I guess it would be what maybe would you in call a sense. It? I don't know what I'd call okay. it. That's yeah. right. well, what about you, babe? Well, hang on. What about, uh, I, I want to ask back Chuck. Back to Chuck. Okay. Is that... Um, Rebuttal time. Is revival <laughs> something that you pray for? Or at times, wow. like, do you find yourself, like, is that something you would want? Yes, I, I mean, I have. Yeah, I pray okay. for revival. Um, 
uh, both in a, a you know in a personal, smaller personal in, level and yeah. also on a larger corporate level. You know, sure. the church and the church as a whole. I've I've never experienced a large scale revival where I would say you know this is really people crying out to God. I haven't I've never experienced that in my life, wow. I, and yeah. I, don't, I don't know if we've seen anything that's come close to that in in my yeah. lifetime. I know we did a show last year on. Um, Ashbury, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And that would look like, I mean, from all intents and purposes, you know, this organic outpouring of the spirit uh, of folks being able to just be there and worship. So that was that was interesting. It's the closest probably I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. well, that's that's interesting. Uh, so do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? I'll go first because uh, once okay, you start, you're going to keep talking. Well, I'm just saying. Okay. Um, She's now off the show, people. <laughs> for me... Um, obviously, growing up in a charismatic church, revival was something that more just happened at happened at times, or yeah. at least we thought happened at times. So it wasn't planned. It wasn't something that we would say, "Okay, you know, next month we're going to plan to have a revival." Yeah. But it was something we prayed for, and you know, we would look for, and you know, hope that God will come and pour out His Spirit and. And bring revival. Um, I've been to, you know, like the Brownsville revival and other, you know, famous revivals. And I know even like in my school, I went to a Christian small school. And I know there were even times in school, like we had chapel once a week, but there were times where um, like classes would be canceled. And because we just would have chapel and then it would just like people would be up at the altar praying for each other and crying and seeking God. And so classes would be canceled and we would just spend the rest of the day praying with each other. And and I mean, I know people mock all of that, but I think that there was a lot of genuine... Um, genuine things going on in people's hearts. And obviously not everybody. Yeah, I was like, would, that's a good way to get out of class. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it, you couldn't plan it. You couldn't make it happen. Um, it didn't happen every year, but I do remember a couple of times. So even watching something like Facing the Giants and people mock that, I'm like, I lived that. Yeah, like right. I, I experienced that. So that's what you think revival well, is? I, a quick question. No, she's got, he's got feedback. Okay. No, got I'm just curious because <laughs> were, you, were you taught to pray for like the, the latter day rain? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. I mean, basically, we wanted everything that God had for us. If, if the Holy Spirit was going to come and, you know, pour out the rain or the right. Holy Spirit, whatever, like yeah. we wanted all that God had for us. And so, um, you know, so I mean, now where I am now looking back, it's like, you know, some of that maybe was, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there was a lot that well, was what do you genuine. Think now? now? Like what is revival to you? I'm 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 appreciate all the history lessons, but I want to know okay. what people think now. Um, now I think that it's actually like I I pray for revival a lot, and I I think that what I'm looking for is basically where starting with me and starting you know small, but where people turn back to God and we turn away from just the things of this world and things that we get caught up in. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we're refocused on, okay, let me go back to, you know, back to the word and, and grow in love for the word of God and love for wanting to know God and not just, you know, going through the motions and we get together and we'll do the, you know, we'll sing our songs, we'll share something. We just kind of go on. It's like, no, there's actually more of a hungering. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's kind of 
what I think it is. Right. Well, okay. Now you want my history lesson? Sure. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Go for it. So my view of revival is very similar to you. I, I grew up in a charismatic uh, church and home and, and things like that, Pentecostal home. And uh, I legitimately saw revival in our youth group. And we went from about 50 kids to 1,500 and now we know they're not all saved, but go from that 50 kids, or actually it was about 25 kids, uh, that, in, the, in that original group of kids, and that 25 kids originally, we got a new youth pastor, and those 25 kids got saved, most of them. And, and, and out of that birth, this revival that spread to our high schools and in our church, and we saw to the point where we would rent out the Coliseum, and we called it. We had jam the gym night, and then we we got so big for our, for our church, and we had a pretty big church, and we couldn't fit in our church, so we had to get the Coliseum, and uh, we would rent out the Coliseum to bring kids in and preach the gospel to them, and uh, that's what it was. It, we had no. We had music and things, but it was no show or anything like that. And my youth yeah. pastor just preached the gospel, and people were getting saved. Supposedly, you know, I mean, I don't know their hearts and right, and all right. that, but what it did drive us to was to prayer and Bible study. We we wanted to study the Bible more, and literally, my high school, my last year of high school, uh, almost every day was at church, and it wasn't because it was planned. It was because. Monday was basketball night, so we had to show up. <laughs> that was different. But Tuesday was prayer night. Wednesday was youth group night. Thursday was care group. So we weren't at church, but we were in small groups. Friday, we just got together and did whatever. Sometimes we played games. Sometimes we prayed. Sometimes we did whatever. And then Sunday was church. So Saturday was like the only day we weren't at church. And But it was because this was birthed out of something that we wanted to do. And we had small groups at church. I mean, not church, at school. At high school, we started uh, the the uh, around the flagpole thing. We prayed. I went to a public school, so I was a little bit bigger of a deal. So I, I was part of a legitimate revival that I saw birthed and went from nothing to fairly big. And we chased revivals too. We, we chased yeah. different ones. I, I was all part. I, I, I've been a part of some of those wacky ones. And um, so what I see revival today is more of kind of like what you guys were saying, you know, like just a, a reawakening of a remembrance of the good times, you know, of, of really close times. And sometimes we go through a law and not necessarily that you walked away, but just, you know, things of this world, uh, work, family, uh, things like that. You just kind of get in a rut and someone or something in you, the spirit of God, I would say, calls you back to God and it refocuses you, you know, refocuses your attention on the things of God. To me, that is a revival. Now, you can have that personally, but when we have a group of people doing that, that's where kind of outbreak kind of happens, where it feeds off of each other, like, hey, we are really seeking after God here together. And that's kind of spreads, and that excitement uh, comes. But we'll talk about a little bit more of that. But that's kind of my idea of what revival is, and I just don't see it too much anymore. It's a lot of show, but yeah. not a lot of substance. And, and and we'll get into like what real revival looks like, but to me, it drove me to the scriptures, and it drove me to prayer, and and it drove me to evangelisms, and I, and if that if if that happens, 
I think that's a, a legitimate move of God. Yeah. Uh, if holiness is a part of my life, reading the Bible, seeking God, and seeking to to tell others about it, I mean that's that's not a bad thing, right? No, not at all. Yeah, bad yeah. thing at all. Very good thing. So let's look at the uh, the term itself. You know, right. what's revival? What's the defi- dictionary definition? Yes. And what's it kind of look like? Yeah, the, so the verb or noun or what is it? Yeah, so you have over here, babe, on your on your notes, like the difference between like Reformation, renewal, awakening, is that all the same words? And and I, I was telling Chuck, I mean not Chuck, Larry earlier, <laughs> this might end up being just semantics. You know, we're breaking up some of these words. Yeah, it could be because revival and renewal to me is very similar. Or awakening, I would tend to leave awakening for. People getting saved yeah. and revival more yeah. for the church, uh, which is answering another question later on. But, <laughs> but you know, awakening is more people getting saved. Uh, so anyway, the definition. Well, I, I was just saying, sorry to interrupt, but the the Great Awakening, the two in in the United States, they were considered revivals, right? So, but right. they were called the Great Awakening. I mean, awakening, we're splitting hairs yeah, at this I mean, point, right? You know, mm-hmm. people getting saved. Is it necessary? Is it for the church? I don't know. It, you yeah. know, I just I want to see people. Going hard after God, you right. know, and that's that's kind of the thing. But so, what's the definition we have here, babe? Um, it says revival is the noun form of the verb revive, which comes from the Latin word that I don't know how to Revere. pronounce. Sure, meaning to, meaning to live again or to return or restore to consciousness. Or life. So, like literally being revived from the dead, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. It can also be the restoration of something to its true nature and purpose. Okay. So, that was from uh, Gerald Priest, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't know who he is, but that was the definition. And I think I, I agree with the latter part of that. Like, obviously, we're not... I mean, I guess you could be completely dead, and, and brought, we would say that's revival. He, he was revived. He was revived. <laughs> well, that, that is a term in medical. You, yeah. right, he was revived. Yeah. Right, but uh, to the, the to to rest- restoration of something to its truest nature and purpose, and I, I think that's what it is. It's like sometimes we understand when we first get saved, we're really excited about the things of God. Hopefully, <laughs> maybe, maybe you weren't, right. yeah. but yeah. you know, you're really excited about the things, and then you know, just life happens, and church stuff happens, and you just kind of get caught up doing things and it's kind of very similar to like marriage or relationships you know when you meet someone you're really excited and it's like oh this is really great then you get married it's all exciting and good and then for a lot of people um it it kind of goes bad not really completely bad, but it's either very boring or dull. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, at least 50% of the time, yeah. it goes really bad. Yeah. And, and so you try to stop that. And so that's why people have these weekend to remember yeah. type things, these keep the fire going. And, and, and so that's the same type of thing in church. It's like we, we have this relationship with God. And just over the course of time, sometimes we just get caught up doing other things. And to go back to the original purpose, like what is the original purpose? What you know, I I just love the Lord because of His goodness, and not that I forgot that, right? You know, but yeah. it's just not immediate. It's not right at, at the forefront, and then all of a sudden something comes and, and puts that back in my forefront. I want to keep that going again and kind of revive that that idea. And, and well, so, it makes me think of David and Psalm fifty one, which I know we said earlier is a controversial yeah, uh, yeah. song to sing, but um, where he says, "Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation." Right. It's like sometimes you know we're we're just totally um, 
realizing the depth of what all that means that we're saved. But other times we're just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm saved. I believe. Yeah. And, you know, the joy isn't really there. No, that's so. a good point. And, I mean, this was him get uh, confession of sin here right and 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 so sometimes that gets in the way yeah, you know our sins sure. kind of draw us away and we kind of hide from the Lord or we just kind of like ah oh, you know I'll, I'm kind of embarrassed and so we kind of pull back so a lot of revival does come from the idea of people being dead you know because they have slipped into some kind of sin or something and someone usually comes alongside of them and calls them out of that and that is a sense of being awakened again to the things of God and you know even though we know we're forgiven sometimes we don't act like it you know we like to wallow in our forget uh, unforgiveness you know or like we're we're not really forgiven and uh, we can't really move on and so that would be a, a problem but anyway you have a different definition it's more of a uh, secular definition or something like yeah, that I would think so you would yeah. think so yeah I think so what does it say so it's uh, the process of becoming more active uh, or popular again or an, another way of putting it is an instance of something becoming popular or active or important again kind of like from the, the 80s yeah. have a revival of the 80s we've seen 80s haircuts back you yeah. know? <laughs> there's a revival of the, so in that so sense mullet's coming back <laughs> yes it is I sure hope not but th- so in, in that sense so we're kind of defining our terms here and that's kind of what we're talking about is to the back to the core purpose back to it's it's in fashion, not necessarily in fashion, but we're we're wanting to draw our attention back to Christ. And if we can do that in a group, great. But I think we should do that personally all the time. Right. And so you didn't ask me the same question you asked them. I'm curious why you didn't ask me. Are you, are you talking about the one... Do you pray for revival? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Do you pray for of revival? Of course I pray for revival. I, I pray for Larry to be revived all the time because he doesn't pray for revival. No. I just found out today that he doesn't pray for revival. No, well, that's, I mean, when you say that, it's like, okay, what's what does that look like to you? Well, I think we said that. Well, you're no, like, but you're are like, you looking for something like dramatic, like, like you were saying, you were the group started chasing these revivals. Yeah, and that's then, what we started doing, right? Right, and then it becomes a show. Right. That Well, here's the problem uh, with revivals, that part of revival, there's going to be emotion involved. Right. So our mind, will, and emotions are always going to be involved right. in, 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 in uh, seeking out Christ. Mm-hmm. And so the emotion is a big, big part of it. And the motion, uh, and revivals, like Chuck was talking about, depend on the right. the uh, the emotional part of it. And so when you like that feeling, kind of like the first contact with your wife, you know, like, hey, I just met, met her and I really think I like this girl. And it's good feelings yeah. and it, really exciting feelings. But you can't live on that right, feeling. Exactly, yeah. So, but is it good to go back to that and be like, oh, remember that place yeah. over there? And remember we used to hang out over here? It's good to be reminded of right. that feeling, but you can't chase that feeling. And, and, and people mistaking the feeling for revival and that was the mistake that we made was chasing revival instead of just keep revival going and keep uh, going out witnessing and and keep the Bible studies going and and pursuing God on our own. Well, because part of that is in its normal life, those things start to become boring, dull, normal life. Yes. And like raising kids, it's like you're training your kids when they're little and after a while it's like... The next twenty Why years of my you life, to, you know. <laughs> yeah, but then when you keep at it, eventually your your kids grow up, and you're like, "Oh, this is why I spent all that time doing yeah. that, and it's a joy." 
But it's not always exciting, and right. it becomes sometimes just becomes routine and dull in a sense. But well, uh, go ahead. Well, I'm just wondering. So is that what you're talking about? Like in our Christian walk, like basically. I know the gospel, I understand it, I believe it, I got it, I read my Bible, I love God, but it's just kind of dull. Well, well, no, but I mean, there's a point where you have to start learning more than just the gospel. But, I mean, that's a place that's to start. that's where it's exciting. That's well, where I, emotions I know, but, come in. Well, like, yeah, wow. but like, like now I'm reading the book of Numbers, mm-hmm. and it's going, like, well, I just finished the book of Leviticus, and I've read it, I don't know, three or four times at least before. Like yeah. yes. <laughs> but there were some things in there that I, I realized is like, oh, this is important. I see why this is here. I never saw that before, but I just kept drudging through it because it's. I wanted to read it and start right. learning things. And so sometimes learning those things is not always exciting. It's like when you've learned to play a guitar. It's not always exciting at first. It hurts your fingers and it's like, oh, what am I doing this for? But then after you stay with it, after a while, it's like, oh, this is exciting. And the same thing like growing in Christ, learning these doctrines and having that foundation. It's not always exciting. I mean, I think it is because I'm kind of nerdy that way. But <laughs> but it's it's a foundation you're building. And then one day you're like, oh, I can't. When the verse says, be ready to give an answer to everyone, it's like, oh, I can give an answer because I, I've been studying and I know this yeah. stuff, and that becomes exciting. I mean, well, I, do we have Bible verses we want to go over, but before we do that, it's <laughs> like, okay, uh, this is a good point, so I don't know if it's one of the questions coming up. So, sorry, Chuck, if I take one of your questions. Um, the, um, you know, like, how, how can you get revival? Right. And, and so, what I would say is, like, when you're, when you're seeking, some, sometimes... Other people can be that impetus, you know, where you're preaching something. If you're sharing something, I'll be like, man, that is convicting that I I, I do need to spend more time with the Lord and, and whatever. Yeah. And so something might spark that idea. It could just be, you know, birth from within where the, the Holy Spirit is convicting you of you just you're, you're, you're floating away, man. You just, you're missing something here. And it reminds me of like, uh, so Michael, Michael Thornton, and yeah. uh, you know, a good buddy of ours, and uh, he's, you know, he was he was going around just searching for something, and we sent him something, just some something simple. Yeah, it's a Bible yeah. study, a Bible study on Revelation. I know he likes Revelation, so I sent it to him. I said, "Man, this is a long Bible study, but if you can, I know you'll like it." Well, he's been texting me like, "Dude, this is life changing. Yeah. This is exciting." So to me, he's having a little bit of Re- revival yeah. because it's not that he wasn't saved, but he's like, "Okay, he's just kind of licking stamps and yeah. doing <laughs> emails, coffee. And, drinking and, coffee, right, raising his kids." And there's just the, where's that excitement of for the Lord? Right. And so he's trying to figure out how to get that excitement. And sometimes you search for a feeling, and that doesn't work. And sometimes you search through it by doing stuff, and that right. really didn't work. But he's just excited because something within that study has sparked him of seeking Christ. And he's actually, you know, he was telling me the, the one couple Sundays ago, he's just like, I never really truly understood how important worship was. Um, and now, you know, at his house, he was talking about this. Yeah. And he was like, man, I, I want to throw myself a little bit more in music and learn music and 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 we need to incorporate that because that is important and so he's going through these this study and so that excites me that he's yeah. excited yeah. so we're going through John and we're at yeah. the end of John 
today. And uh, going through John was kind of like that. Now, I wouldn't say revival, but it was a little bit of that. Because it's been a while since I'd gone verse by verse and studied John. I mean, we're talking 10 years or so. Yeah. And it was some good stuff. I'm like, there's some really... I know I'm not breaking new ground, <laughs> but there's well, some really hey, good stuff really in good John. Stuff <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, you've been through it, you read it, and now you see it again, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is exciting stuff. Right. And it's it's and big, it brings back right. that, that feeling, right. brings back that, that mind, you yeah. know, the, the remembering, and uh, brings back the mind will, the will. To like, hey, I you, I need to purpose this in my heart. Now that something has sparked me, let me go back and 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 focus on something here. I think that's good for us to do that. I know some people are like, oh, I don't want to to schedule revival, but there is something to like. Okay, I'm I want to see Christ. I don't know how to do this. Let me read. Okay, this isn't doing. Let me do this. Let me go out and witness. Eventually, something is going to spark that again. It's kind of like if you're if you're struggling with your marriage, and people you're just like, what do I do? Like, well, you're 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 in deep. But what you can start, let, just take her out one yeah. night a week. Can you do that one night a week? Just talk to her. Listen, listen to her. You're like, okay, but I don't feel anything. Doesn't matter. Doesn't, Doesn't matter. matter if you no. don't feel anything. But you know, I guarantee you after like three or four weeks, you're like, man, I've gotten to know my wife better. Right. I'm starting to have those feelings again, and I'm starting to want to spend more time. And in fact, we're going out two times a week now, you know, or yeah. you know, whatever it is, you know. And like, hey, you're having a revival in your marriage, and that, that's that's fine. But so you've you've used the word a couple of times, but I think that it's worth saying that I think one of the uh, the core components of revival is the purpose of seeking God. Yes, the yeah. purpose to seek God. And whenever we talk about go back and look at actually scheduling revival, you have scheduled revival meetings. I think that is even though it's not necessarily a great thing, you may not have a true revival, but I think that's part of it. It's a purpose to purpose a time to really reflect and seek God. Right. So. And that sense, it's not. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. Right. I just. It's silly that it's called revival. It's called revival. Right. It, it is a planned. You can call it camp. I mean, whatever you want to call sure. it. It doesn't matter. But it is a time that is specific. Yeah. And we're like, we're. This is what we're going to do. And maybe something will happen. Yeah. You know, maybe. Yeah. Maybe yeah. the Lord will visit us. You know, and because we're serious about. Touching heaven. You, you know, know, I remember uh, hearing somebody speaking one time, and they were saying that you know, honestly, this is somebody who who would like to likes to study, but he's you know, at times I do it, and I'm getting nothing from it. I'm just going through the motions of doing it, right? But I'm doing it, right. and because you continue to do it. It, it becomes exciting. There's something there that draws yeah. you. And so just like you say, if you take your wife out once a week, and you eventually you learn more, you right. understand, and it grows. Yeah. So just purposing to do it, even if it feels like drudgery, it will change. Right, exactly. Like That's a good example of taking your wife out because what is it? It's you're spending time with that person. Right. And if we want it to revive us, if you want to use that, it, how do we do that? We have to purpose to spend time, right? And right. we have to spend time with God. How do we do that? Just studying His Word, that's, right. yeah. and that's where it needs to start. Well, let's let's go to some of these Bible verses. Yeah, what's the Bible got to say about right. revival? Yeah. So it, it doesn't. The actual word revival at least isn't in the King James. I don't know no. about. I didn't search it in the other versions or something like that. But the word revive is in the Bible. Yeah. So let's cover some of these. Okay. So we have Psalm eighty-five six, right? says, Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? So, you know, there, 
Israel has a history of up and down. <laughs> We're going to find out that, you know. Okay. So what do we have here? Um, Isaiah 57, 15 says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Okay. So, and then Habakkuk 3, 2. We, Sarah and I know this one because of a song. Yeah. And this song is basically, it's called, uh, uh, what is it called? Remember mercy. Uh, yeah, remember mercy. But Habakkuk 3, 2. It says, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath, remember mercy. That's a good one because that is a good revival. Like Israel, they were knuckleheads. <laughs> they were they, they, not like unlike us. I mean, they, they would go chasing after idols and then there would either be a king or a prophet to call them back, yeah. and they would come back. Yeah. And a lot of it was like, have mercy on us, Lord, forgive us. So there was a lot of repentance in part of revival. And I think in revival, uh, even even today, I think that is a part of it, is just that, you know, Lord, forgive me for not giving you the time you deserve, yeah. or maybe there was sin in my life that's hindering it. That yeah. blood clot theory, right? <laughs> you know, the maybe I'm, I'm I want revival in my life, but maybe there's something there that is causing this problem, and it could be sin. And so, repentance is always a a good key to revival, if you want to call it a key, but it's a springboard yeah. that if you have sin and you actually confront that, and um, that usually is a good springboard to turn to God. Right. You know, it should be at least. And so if there's sin in your life that is hindering something, turn to God. Yeah. He is yeah. merciful. Um, well, okay. that is what happened in the Old Testament. All I mean, the time. When... Oh. They had revival, if you want to call it that, right. but it was always calling they would them repent. back. Right? Yeah. They right. would they so. would be after other idols, and I know people would say today that, well, we don't go after other idols, but do we? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we may not have little Buddhas what, or right, something, or right. Molex, but what do we is, spend our time on? What do we spend our resources on? What do we? Yes. What do we yeah. look forward to? Yeah. I, yeah. First thing you grab in the morning, last thing you see oh, at night, man. you know. <laughs> yeah. not, maybe not made of wood and stone, but it's usually made of... Screen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Titanium <laughs> and plastic. <laughs> so... Actually, right, you could say gold and silver because there is gold and silver. And yes, there is. That's <laughs> right. All right, what's the next question there? So we got some examples here from the Old Testament. I don't know if you want to look at any of those what it looked like. Yeah, we, we kind of talked yeah. about them, but mm-hmm. we'll go ahead and, and, and talk about it. What, what do we have? We have the Israelites. They fell into idolatry with with Moses at Mount, Sin- Mount, Mount Sinai, right? Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, literally right after they got delivered, <laughs> yeah. and uh-huh. he goes up to the yeah. mountain to talk to God, and they're there making um, a gold. They they turn to idolatry quickly. So before you think, oh, we would never do that, we repeat history all the time. All the time. And we are no better than the Israelites, so we need to check our hearts. And this is why I think revival is so important in our lives, personal lives first, is that is there idolatry? You know, is there things creeping in that hinder us and hinder our relationship? And we just kind of dismiss it and be like, "Ah, it's not that big of a deal." Eh, not you know, I didn't spend that much time, or I didn't do that much money on this one, or I didn't do, you know. But 
it slowly builds up to where now it's consuming me. Right. And now all I can talk about is this thing. Yeah. And um, so anyway, what's another example we have? Um, spiritual decay in the days of Rehoboam and Abijah was followed by renewal under King Asa. Asa brought back yeah. revival, right? Because and pretty much, I mean, this whole thing just cycle, repeats, yeah. repeats, 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 repeats. Yeah, well, part of it is they had judgment. They would fall, they yes. follow yeah. idols. God would bring judgment. Yeah. And then, and then they would turn back to God. Right. Yeah. Uh, what do you what do you go into oh, now? Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I, I didn't know if you wanted to do Manasseh. No, we should probably go on because we're running oh, low yeah. on time. Oh, we man. still have more questions. This is, uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> what about the 70 years in Babylon? Okay. Anyway, okay, New Testament. Okay, Chuck, what's the next question? <laughs> All right, so we're looking at examples in the New Testament of, uh, of what would revival look like from from there. What do we see examples of potential revival? In the New Testament. So the day of Pentecost would be like the big one they would go to, right? Yeah. 3,000 got saved on yeah. that day, and Peter preached. People got saved. They would say, see, that's a revival of sorts. Sure, whatever. Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, the, they were turning from, uh, were they turning from their wicked ways? or They just, they believed on Jesus. And um, uh, he had just raised from the dead, and uh, uh Peter preached a, a pretty harsh message, and yeah. uh, and they got yeah. saved, and yeah. so that is a sense of revival. But also, now I had this down, and Larry was asking me this, like, yeah, I, oh, <laughs> what about this? I said Galatians. So in Galatians, if you read the book of Galatians, um, by the end of it, if I'm correct, right, the, at the end of Galatians is the fruit of the Spirit, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. So the, the, at the beginning is who has bewitched you, O foolish Galatians? You started in the Spirit. And are ending in the flesh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds like a problem. It sounds like the Israelites. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah, so they're falling back into what they knew, what they right. were used to. Yeah. Exactly. Which is what we would become uh, complacent as well. We'll fall back to whatever's comfortable and easy. And absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So then Paul rebukes them, and. Uh, I don't know if he does it harshly or not, but he eventually gets them to the place where to turn back to Christ, you don't need the law, you don't need to go back there, go back to the law, and in fact, the fruit of the Spirit will be evident in your life if you're walking in the Spirit, and that's how it ends, uh, the book ends, is uh, the difference between the, the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. So, to me, that's kind of like a revival that sometimes maybe we get caught up in right. maybe a wrong theology or a wrong yeah. doctrine or a wrong way of living, going back to the law, you know? And so, going back to grace and uh, going back to Christ, to me, is always a, a revival of sorts. Like, yeah. yes, it's all about Him. So, that's why I put Galatians. So, yeah. forgive me. No, no, I was just saying, because, I mean, there was no indication. <laughs> no, that they, right. Yeah, so. Well, that's true. We don't know if they okay. actually did right. what he said. do that. Well, right. they had the church of Laodicea where Jesus said, you know, I wish you were either hot or cold. You're just lukewarm. I don't yeah. even, I mean, who wants to drink lukewarm water? It's disgusting. Well, but, speaking of <laughs> Revelation, there's that church. Um, I don't have it all. That It's not in the notes, right? Right. The uh, uh, be zealous, therefore repent and return to your first love. Uh, the church of Ephesus was that Ephesus? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and um, and I always I, I like this one, and this one's a very popular one that people go to and talk about. You know, you return to your first love, and that's a good revival passage. You yeah. know, like we need to turn to our first love. But it's true. I mean, uh, I know for a while there, I was convinced that maybe this was the, what their true. The, the, Works was their first love. But then you have a problem that if works was their first love, don't you think Jesus would have rebuked them for 
trying to work right. for salvation or something like that, or doing works was their first love, but I still think it's Jesus was their first love. Right. And they had gotten distracted by their works. They yeah. were doing very yeah. good things. He commended them <laughs> on their good things. So it was still... Jesus is still the answer yeah. of, of why we do things. And if we get distracted, if we do podcasts and Bible studies and write books, right. and it's not about Jesus, then we've missed the point. Right. And, Absolutely. and so I, I, would, I would still use the Revelation passage also. So our next question is one that I like to begin with, and that is, who is revival for? Well, do you want to answer that? Well, personally, I think, because you got a couple of them here, is it for the church? Is okay. it for sinners? Right. Um, I, I look at it as for the church. I believe it's for believers. Um, revival is something that, because we already talked about describing what I think revival is. Right. You got to revive. You got to have something to revive. There's got to be, you know, that first love, right? Um, to to turn back to, and I think it's more of us getting away from God and getting turning around and cutting closer to Him right. is more in terms of what revival. So I think it's more for the church. Sure, and this is where I think it becomes semantics, mm. yeah. because like, okay, well, what do you call it when a bunch of people get saved? And I'd be like, well, I think that's an awakening. Right. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. if you want to call that revival, I'm not going to argue. Yeah. No, it's fine. Right, you know, I but you I tend to agree with you. To, you could apply it to both, right? Because I mean, you could say if the definition of revival is to bring somebody back from the dead, if you're a, right. unsaved, you're dead in your sins, right? And you yep. need to be revived, right? Right. right. Well, I think so, that the sinners benefit as a byproduct of the church reviving. Oh, absolutely. No doubt. Because yeah. I feel like when exactly we right. start following God, when our hearts are turned to God and away from the things of the world mm -hmm. and just all the stuff of the world, right. then we start to act like we're supposed to right. and we love each other like we're supposed to and then they know that we're Christians, they see a difference and they want to know and, and so then their lives are impacted but it's a byproduct of right. us being changed. Right, it's kind of like with the Israelites that the when they're doing right, Supposedly, the nations would notice that, oh, they yeah. love their God. Yeah. You know, they're not yeah. going after our idols. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, they love their God. And so, uh, to me, it's like, okay, is it for sinners? Eh, maybe, but I, I, I agree with Chuck. I think that it's mainly for, it starts with your person, it branches out to your family, which branches out to your church. Right. And yes, we wanted to win the whole city for the Lord, and that quickly got changed uh, when I realized that's just not going to happen. <laughs> but, well, but when what, we seek God and we get His heart, we do grow in compassion for the lost. Absolutely. And right. so we care. Uh, no so doubt. when we go to the store and we rub shoulders with people at our workplaces yeah. or whatever, we can't help but to share it. No, but so. I just, I can't control that. It's right. like, I can yeah. control my personal life, yeah. and I, I know that, but I can't make everyone get saved as much yeah. as I would want to. So, right. but I but keep yeah. thinking about, I got a song that I just keep thinking about is the, the heart of worship. Yeah. yeah you know, right. You know, oh. getting back to the heart of worship because yeah. it's all about you, Jesus. Yep. And that's, yeah. you know, setting those distractions, putting those distractions, like realizing they're there, pushing them aside and putting a focus back on yeah. Jesus. Well, I think that's song. why those retreats are always popular in churches. They mm -hmm. have men's retreats. They have right. yeah. retreats. That's why we do the shindig, you yeah. know, the, yeah. the family camp. It's a time to get away to specifically, you know, focus right. on mm -hmm. something and right. maybe that'll spark something that will can carry on. Yeah. I mean, you could do that in your prayer closet. You could do that in your, your laying there in bed and be like, Lord, I'm straining here. Yeah. I want you. And, and God's not going to be like, nah, not today. Yeah. You got to yeah. wait until the schedule. However, <laughs> the next question, I might've just contradicted myself. <laughs> so the next question would be, can we stand in the way of revival? Oh, yeah. So, okay. So 
Yes, I do think so. So it's the blood clot theory, right? Well, yeah, Paul says quench not the spirit. Sure. Right? And, and Galatians. I think that was Galatians, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 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 But the um, if I am, if there's sin in my life and I'm hiding sin, uh, I'm going to hinder revival in my life because well, uh, yeah. I'm harboring, yeah, I'm right. sneaking around, doing things I'm not supposed to do. And so that I don't think you can have revival if I'm the problem. So, and it, it could be subtle as something as uh, pride and arrogance and um, thinking I'm better than everyone, which is just the same words for what I just said. <laughs> but, you know, or it could be as, as vile as, you know, you're cheating on your wife or, uh, you're looking at pornography or something, and these things are, uh, you know, going to hinder your relationship with God. And so, to recognize that, hey, I am dead to these things, yeah. and I'm alive to God, but actually walking out that would create revival yeah. in your life. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. hey. Uh, I've known people in the past that would claim, you know, some of the things that we teach and things that we're dead to sin, but they're not living it. Right. And for them to confess that to, you know, someone and say, look, brother, I'm failing. Yeah. That's, that's the first step. Yeah. I'm like, that's good. Uh, because now you're not playing games. You're not yeah. pretending to live a certain way. Now you can be open and honest, and I think that's a good start where revival can happen. Yeah. Whereas if you keep hiding it and hinder, you know, that's going to hinder revival. Now, could it stop a revival in a church? Maybe. Or I don't slow know. it down, I mean, maybe? Or, I think right, so, yeah. especially if the church is functioning like the church can, then we all have great effects on each other. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. I think so. And I think definitely as parents... Um, I think we have a great potential to either allow the Holy Spirit to move more in our children's lives or not, or to hinder that. I think, um, you know, as well, most fathers and right. mothers, I think we play a big part in, you know, directing them and having God move in their lives. So, I mean, I, we, I mean obviously they could seek God and God's going to come right. to them no matter right. what. But I mean, I think, and I think a lot of times parents... Um, they want revival in their kids' lives because we want our kids to not care about the things of the world and we want them to, you know, just seek God. And I think sometimes we want them to go further in their walk with God than we are. You know, yeah. it's like we yeah. look at them and it's like, oh, you shouldn't be caught up in whatever. And it's like, um, not like what me. What about you? you know? yeah, right. And it's like... Do as I say, not as I do. Right. Well, the and other I thing was like true too that if that... I, I know this happened a lot in our youth group where... <laughs> parents were praying for revival for their kids. Their kids were getting saved, and now they wanted to go off to Bible college and missions and stuff, and they were like, well, not that much. Well, yeah. <laughs> not that much. Slow down a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Maybe not to Africa. Well, and I think also, like we talk about sin standing in the way, you know, being that blood clot or whatever, and I, it always makes me think of that passage, which I don't know where it is, but it says something about laying aside the Sin that so easily does. And it says the weights. The weight right. and, and sin. And it has weight and sin. And it's like, so those are different. So sometimes yeah. in our lives, we have things that are weights and they're weighing us down and it's making it hard to serve God. And right. it's like, it's not sin. You can't no, do a good it. Point. But it is weighing you down. It's making it very difficult. Yeah, because so. I think that's a, a lot of us. Like, I think sin would be obvious. Like, if there was a major sin in your life, you're mm-hmm. like, well, that's probably what's hindering yeah. you. <laughs> right. But there are those weights that yeah. just life, you know, right. life happens and you get caught up at work because you need to bills are piling up you know you got to go fix the car you got to go you know fix the the roof and you just get caught up and there are weights and uh that can be a distraction it doesn't have to be but it does distract us at times so yeah
Well, and those seem kind of somewhat necessary, the car repair, but I guess oh, I think of okay. like... okay. I've been putting those off. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I think of like, you know, social media or oh, games or right. whatever. And it's point. like, those are things that, you know, we don't need. And I think True Revival... Oh, we don't need games? Okay. Oh. <laughs> I think when True Revival happens in, in my own life, I... I just want God. And so those other things just become unimportant, uninteresting. And it's like, I just want to seek God. And so I so, think that's what I pray for. A personal story here. I'll end this story. It's funny. And it, it, the fact that it's at the end of this segment means that most people probably won't hear it. But maybe they right. will. Maybe they will. But I was just confessing to Sarah just the other day. We were talking about revival and all this. And I'm just telling her how I'm just so... I'm just so frustrated with I, there's nothing that satisfies me i listen to things now on podcast and and then just different books and i'm just not very satisfied and she's she's all happy because she starts laughing i'm like what she's like well i've just been praying that god would give you a uh, how did you say it like a dissatisfaction of yeah. these things and uh and i'm like well I'm even talking about the Christian things. <laughs> yeah. I know. I said I'm gonna have to read, right. you know, word by prayer specific. or something. Yeah. Like, right. something. But uh, be careful of a praying wife yeah. because sometimes uh, God will answer prayers. And but that's good, you know, yeah. honestly, because that that dissatisfaction in my life of some of these things that you just get in a rut and some of the the things I'm listening to, just like what are we? What am I doing? You know, you make sure you evaluate. Well, that's a good step right there. It's like okay, mm-hmm. what I need to refocus. Yeah, need to refocus. So anyway, uh, get, get get alone with God, uh, seek Him, uh, see what, if there's things that can just spark uh, interest, and uh, you know, keep searching out. And if that thing doesn't, you know, do, do listen to a different podcast, you know. But but seek Christ. He's not going to let you down. Right. I no. can guarantee you that. Go and to His Word. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Start there. Start. Yeah. Maybe not in Leviticus. But right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Maybe John or something like that. But whatever it is. So all right. The Mike Charleston Show. History with Larry. All right, Larry. <laughs> I, I hear you have three short stories. I do. Instead of one really good one, yeah. it's three some, uh, relatively good ones. They're pretty funny, I think. <laughs> I, I came across these doing what research, and I thought, doing? well, that'd be different. Okay. All right. So hit me with number one. Number one. Number one. Have you ever had an incident where somebody was, they just misunderstood things, but they were so sincere, you just didn't want to correct them? Uh, I have a funny story about that. <laughs> <laughs> me too, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, except it wasn't really funny. She was admitting, or not admitting, but she basically was telling me a very, very personal story, <laughs> and she thought I was somebody else. Oh, oh, and I let see. her go on, but yeah. I thought it's not a big deal until she said that. And I was like, oh, I am not that person, but I can't let her know that. <laughs> yeah, so know. I had to keep up the charade. And anyway, but wow. yes. Well, this happened to General Patton. Oh. Yeah, in France yeah. during World War I. Ah, oui, oui. This is 1917. Uh-huh. The mayor of the town he was at was Berg, B O U R G. Okay. I guess that's how you say it. I don't know. Oh, there's a lot, a lot of French, Berg, but yeah. that's the only one, huh? I guess, yeah. Well, the. <laughs> The, the mayor came up to him and said, hey, you know, why, why didn't you tell me about the death of your soldier? And Patton was unaware of any casualties of any sure. of his men. But the, the at mayor, that time. At that time. Right, the right, mayor right. was insistent, so they walked over, and the mayor took him to a place where it looked like a fresh grave where dirt had been covered over. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, it turns out that fresh grave... <laughs> 
was actually a latrine that, oh. <laughs> that the last soldier who used it covered it up. And okay. he, and he, put, he made like a cross-like sign and put on it, um, the sign said, abandoned rear. And the, ma- the mayor was so sincere that Patton didn't want to correct him. Oh, mercy. And 26 years later Come during on. World War II, Patton revisited the same area. And the locals were still maintaining the, the shrine, the grave, yeah, the shrine, oh. the grave site to the soldier abandoned rear. <laughs> Unbelievable! Yeah. That, that wow, is, that, that's inconceivable. That's right up there with my story. Like, yeah. if you don't correct it, it's gonna go bad. It, yeah, and, it just. <laughs> yeah, maybe someday I'll tell you that story. But yeah, yeah. it was not as funny. But uh, yeah. it was uh, funny on my end. Okay. Well, so the second one. Okay. Government spending. We all hate it. They yeah, waste money on yeah. ridiculous stuff. Yep. Yeah, but sometimes it, they do good. Uh, well, okay. I'll let you guys can be the judge of okay. this one. In the 1820s, President yeah. John Quincy Adams. Oh, in, in 1820s? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, there was a man. His name was uh, John Clives Symes, S-Y-M-M-E-S, Jr. Sure, whatever. He was an Army officer. He had this theory that the earth was hollow and that there's multiple spheres within it. Okay. And at the center was a group of people. Oh, he's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And he actually went around traveling giving lectures what on are this you talking theory. About? I don't think so, Jim. <laughs> and at different points, like the North Pole and the South Pole, that there were portals that you could reach oh my the center. God. I love portals. Yes. <laughs> He wanted his idea was that he could make contact with these. Where did he come up with this? I like, have no what idea. What in the and, world? And make contact and establish trade Ugh. between these people. <laughs> people, most people at the time laughed at it, but you don't say. <laughs> he pitched it to the government. Oh and come on! President Adams said, "Yeah, come on, let's do it." What and, is he? What are you talking about? There is no way. And the government was going to fund it. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, um, Adam's term of office was up before Thank they goodness. could. Before they could actually. I mean, I'm a big fan of John Quincy Adams, but not after this. What are we yeah. talking about here? So yeah, like, oh, wow. They actually taking this seriously. Uh, he, yeah, apparently John Adams. I don't believe this. Give the money there is to no way. Yeah, they're really coming up with these stories. This is actually yeah. It was a website talking about just odd stories in history. And, I don't uh, think so, Jim. I'm like. That is so there is there is spheres within a sphere within a sphere. Yeah, and, and at the center is how does he know? I, well, I don't know. I Maybe guess. he made contact. Maybe one of them came up and visited well, him and I, said, "Help us! We need we need gear." Well, that makes sense. Yeah, and probably so we, we got to build a road. That would be logical. <laughs> so, uh, well, didn't you ever watch that TV show? As a kid, Journey to the Center of the Earth. I did not, but I'm aware of it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Land of the, the Lost. Ocean, right? Land, Land of the Lost. But they went there through a ship, right? Yeah. A submarine? Yeah. They, well, Guys, um, I think that was fiction. Well, of course. This well, is fiction, too. Well, I mean, you know, some things of fiction are based on truth. Maybe. So. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. The Hobbit, the Middle Earth. That's <laughs> yeah, where that's the Hobbits right. live. Well, exactly. See, there you go. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> All right, the third All one. Right, number three. This is pretty funny, too. All right, so if you got your hands on world-changing technology. Like the internet? Yeah, maybe. Like what the microwave? You, yeah, what would you do with it? 
sell it. I don't oh, know. Yeah, maybe do something to change the world. Sure. But what if you're a 15-year-old boy? Um, you probably are going to ruin it. Uh, or maybe get some laughs out of it somehow. Oh, <laughs> well, that the last emperor of China oh, in, in 1921. Right. And I can't say his name again because it, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's P-U... Uh, what is it? Um, P-U? No, P P U Y I. Okay, whatever. I don't know. How, I don't even know how you would say that. P U Y P U. I don't know. Anyway, P U. He lived. Basically, it's sort of like the King of England. You know, they're just a figurehead, but he was the last emperor of China. Sure, sure. sure. He lived. Never really left the palace grounds, but he heard about telephone, and he wanted a telephone. Oh boy! The people was he pranking people? His staff, was he calling like bars and saying, "Is is Oliver well, there?" Well, his, <laughs> his staff didn't want him to because they're afraid if he got he didn't want to have too much contact with the outside world. But right. through assistance it, or insistence, he actually got a telephone installed in the palace. And Be- well, yeah, he used it to make prank calls. <laughs> Unbelievable! At one time, he called a, a famous opera singer. And just started giggling on the phone and then hung up. <laughs> That's creepy. Yeah. That's creepy. And then several times he'd call restaurants, order large meals, and have them sent to random addresses. And so I was like... Yeah, it was, it, was it Chinese food he was ordering uh, up? Apparently, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's funny how just people don't change. It's like... You how a, old was this kid? 15. 15. Oh, 50. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> he's just pranking. He's like, yeah, is this uh, Mr. Klozoff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what? Seriously. I know. It's like you get this newfangled technology, and the, the only thing you want to do is prank, prank, prank call phone calls. I mean, I remember as a kid, we did that all the time. Sure. You can't really get away with that now with the cell phones and stuff. But No, 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 no. But yeah, that's real history. He's so. ordering food. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, calling up restaurants and ordering large meals and then having it sent. Could you imagine getting that? Somebody showing up at your house, and you're like, what's this? Well, at least it was it pre-ordered. Was it like prepaid? I don't know. It didn't probably say, not. but yeah, probably not. But yeah, and yeah. like I didn't order this. Yeah, it was uh, he funny. had a little bit of time on his hand. Good thing uh, uh, he wasn't a real emperor, huh? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Good night. Yeah. There so. were some other ones, like well, just a bonus. Oh, a bonus. Julius uh, Caesar. Yeah, I think it was Julius, Julius Caesar, Caesar. Was kidnapped by oh. pirates. Okay. Help for ransom. Yeah, may, yeah. Maybe that's pirates of the Caribbean. They, they were going to ask for. 50 shekels of gold or silver, That's or whatever. Not much. <laughs> no, he talked them into asking for a hundred. Okay. But during the time, they didn't really know who he was. Oh. But during the time they had him as captive, they, uh, he, he would actually boss them around. And These don't seem like very good pirates. And he told them that uh, once he's released, he's coming back to have him crucified. And did he? And he did. Oh, wow. Wow. Yes. These, these pirates don't seem to be good pirates. No. Man. But anyway, yeah, there, there's a lot of weird history stuff and weird stories out there. It was like, you don't say. Yeah. yeah well, this well is crazy. there you go. But yeah, I just thought it'd be fun to do something different like that. Sure. Well, appreciate Have a few it. Yeah, three little, four little stories with four a little, little bonus that's there. That's right. The Mike Charleston Show. Music with Sarah. What song do you like? All right, babe. Their song of the week this week. So I know that some people have uh, made a comment about they appreciate us going and talking about 
songs from way back when. Mm, well, then they'll appreciate this one because this, this is a song way from back. way back when. I remember this CD when I was a kid. Um, I got saved in 1994, 93, 94, mm. something like that. It was the summer of 93, I think. Mm. And uh, this came out in 91. It did. Well, one thing said 91, one said 92, but whatever. Right, right. No. Not whatever it is. Somewhere around there. And I think I had the CD. Did you have the CD? I did not. You did not? No. Wow. Okay. I was glad when I married you. No, then I think I had, I had the tape. It. I don't think I had the CD. Oh, uh, okay. Right. Um, well, this is from the album Take This City, which I'll say the whole album is really kind of cool. It's pretty There's good. Some it's definitely fun ones. 80s, 90s It is definitely vibes. 80s and 90s. But this song is called A Pure Heart. And, um, by Rusty Nelson. By Rusty Nelson. And it's a very simple song. Um, he just goes through the, like, it um, doesn't really have verse, chorus, bridge, or anything like it's that. It's a very simple song. This is what a lot of uh, uh, conservative Christians back in the day made fun of Christian music as the 7-Eleven songs. They would have... They would have seven words and sing it 11 times or something like that. Something well, this like is that. a very short and simple song, and um, but it's so good. But what's nice and about it fits with the, the see the problem with you know making fun of those Seven Eleven songs is you didn't understand that it was part of a whole CD, a whole album, and right. it would transition to into the next song. And so, yeah, you hear this one song, you're like, oh man, they're just singing it over and over. They're not singing it over and over and over like Bethel does today. No, it's not like that. It's but, a little different. But for some of these songs like this one, they'll just repeat it a couple of times. And what's actually nice about those is that you can learn them. <laughs> you definitely Whereas, remember them. <laughs> you know, I do like some songs that are kind of hymn-like, but the words are many. And right. so, you know, it really takes really trying hard to learn those words, whereas something like this, you listen to it a few times and it's like you can catch on and then it, you can just sing it oh, throughout the day. there's a place for, so. for all of them. I mean, yeah, right. I, I'm not trying to knock the conservative hymns and, and all no, that. No, not I, at all. But there is something to just these simple songs. And like, we just played this earlier and I haven't heard some of those songs in 25, 30 years. Yeah. And here we, I'm like, I, I still remember it. Right. And uh, so it's very, very, these simple songs. So anyway, uh, this so, one, go ahead. So this one has... Um, it's a very slow song. It is a slow song. It's very beautiful, I think. And it's been kind of on my mind for the last few weeks. Is this so, an some, anthem song? Um, no. <laughs> not really. But it's more of like, it's my heart's cry. It's my my prayer. Because it, it says, a pure heart, that's what I long for. Mm -hmm. A heart that follows hard after thee. A heart that hides your words so that sin will not come in. And I was singing that and I thought... Well, is that true? Like if I hide my word and then I was like, oh, Psalm 119 says, right. I'll hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So I'm like, absolutely, that's true. And um, a heart that's undivided, but one you rule and reign. A heart that beats compassion, that pleases you, my Lord, a sweet aroma of worship that rises to your throne. That's the words. That's right. the whole thing. That's the song, folks. But I feel like that's really, that is my heart. Mm -hmm. It is what I long for. It's what I want, especially in, um, you know, this episode, preparing for it, whenever thinking about revival. Sure. And and that's been kind of something that I've I've wanted and I've been thinking about. And it's, you know, when you think about revival, it's more of, um, I want God to change me first. I want Him to give me that heart that beats compassion, a heart that wants to please Him in everything that I do, right. and a heart right. that is pure. And so I feel like um, it's just kind of been on my heart. That's my heart's cry, and I think it's a great song. Everybody should know, even though it's very old. Right. But, um, it's a, it it's is an song. old one. And uh, once, I, once again, if you hear it, it won't take long to learn it. 
Right. And uh, but I, I don't know where you can find this. This is probably on Spotify somewhere. We were it listening is. on Spotify, yeah, so it's yeah, on Spotify. probably YouTube or something like that. But if you, we're not trying to promote Spotify here. But That's I'm just sure if how it's, I it's, listen, it's, is yeah. it on iTunes somewhere or, or Apple Music probably. or whatever? I'm sure yeah. it's it's on. That's everything. what I listen to. Yeah. You listen to Spotify. Um, so yeah, it's it's called Take This City, but it's Pure Heart by Rusty Rusty Nelson. So yeah. go check it out. The Mike Charleston Show. All right, babe. This uh, this week, we are continuing our top 10 issues facing marriage and family. Last week, we did number 10, which was materialism. And uh, so if you want to follow along, you might want to go back to that one. Uh, I don't know if we're breaking these down individually, Joshua. Are we doing the marriage segment separately anymore? You don't know? It has a timestamp, right? It does have a timestamp. Yeah. Anyways, um, so this is number nine, and number work working up to number one, and number nine is the balance of work and family. So that is an issue facing facing marriage and family today. In yeah. fact, it's probably been facing uh, since the turn of the century, and probably from all times, but... Right. But really, since the Industrial Revolution, it has confused a little bit more because we are now working at a place 40 hours a week. We go into a place where, in in times past, it was more of an agrarian society, Mm -hmm. and people were closer to home. And even though they worked at home maybe all day, they still had access to the family, and family would work with them, and they could come home for lunch, and the wife would usually be cooking. Well, our society has changed dramatically. Now, we have tried to keep some of the those, you know, the purity of the family and and uh, having you stay home mm-hmm. and raise kids. Uh, and that was our choice. And we're not trying to condemn if you don't do that. We just know that those are different aspects of th- things to think about. Yeah. And in doing that, it's going to be more difficult if you have two people who are professional have professional jobs. You know, right. if you're if the wife is working and the husband is working, it's going to be difficult for you to balance that work and family. And it, it's really a matter of decisions and what you want in life. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think even for young people that um, you know, guys that are choosing what they're going to do for a living, I think sometimes. And deciding what you're going to do kind of sets the course, you know, if you're going to travel a lot sure. or, you know, these these choices that you make to determine what you're going to do is going to have great effects on your family. And Absolutely. even, you know, we so easily accept like the 40 hour work week and all these, which is fine to work 40 hours, but we just think because this is what everybody does is what we need to do. Right. And, and sometimes and it usually doesn't not, start at 40 hours. Right. It's overtime and yeah. it's, and we get trapped into Tra- uh, going after the almighty dollar. And look, I, I know it takes money to live in this world. And so we're not trying to say, don't go work. Like there might be a season where both of you have to work. It, it just might be that place where you have to figure out something, but you do have to balance that work and family. When you think about it, so you think about a 40 hour week, you think about your kids, you send your kids off to school. Your kids are in school from, I don't know, seven to three or whatever it is. If you come home at five o'clock, they've been home a couple hours by themselves, usually if they're latch key kids. And um, so If I come home at five o'clock and I work my eight hours a day and uh, you come home at five o'clock, so supper is not made, they are awake till about till nine o'clock, let's say. So that's four hours you have with your kids. Mm -hmm. Most of that time is you have to 
uh, maybe take a shower, or if you get back, you have to make supper, uh, preparing other things. Maybe they have a school event or whatever it is. Most likely, you're not spending those four hours with your kids. Probably not. So you do have to consider consider all that, you know. Yeah. And then on the weekends, if you have older kids, chances are you won't even see them at all. <laughs> and so, it is a tough thing to make a priority your family. And when we're when we saw this top ten issues facing marriage and family, th- these are issues that are affecting the family because we do want our kids to go out. But right. think about how close. Like we were talking about this earlier. Everybody always says that famous, you know, famous people on the deathbed, right? They don't say, "Oh, I wish I would have just worked a little bit more. I wish I yep. spent extra time." But however, I wish I would have spent time more with my family and friends and people right. that were close to me. And yet, we don't do that. Nope, because the stresses of life and and really just the drive to have stuff. Right. Like we all just need money, and I think even you know, I mean. A lot of people we know, they choose to homeschool and they choose to have the one income. But I still think this can be a struggle because, you know, a lot of jobs, when you come home, the job goes with you and you still have to, you know, communicate with people or do whatever. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to consider like, okay, no, I need, when I come home, I need time with my family. I need time to sit down and read with them. I need time to play with them. I need time to whatever. And sometimes you have to sacrifice and either switch jobs or, you know, tell your boss like, okay, I'm, I can only do this much. Right. Like, I, you know, my priority is my family and my kids. I need to make money, but you might need to make some choices, which might mean sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, you think about it at the end of your life, after 30 years, you know, it's like, you have worked your life for the man. You have worked your life for a company. You have lived your life for someone else. For what? You know, for what? So you can build a little kingdom or spend, you know, more time with your, your wife and your kids or your husband or whatever. These are decisions that you have to make. And they're not always easy in a culture that is very... Uh, Males and female are equal, and we, we yeah. go out and work, and we all have our own goals, and and I'm not mocking that or making fun of that. If, if that is your dream, if you're a lady out there and you're like, I don't want to be a housemaker, well, that's fine. You just realize that there's sacrifices to be made on and on everything. Yeah. We sacrificed money. You know, to, to have our family, and we we prioritized family. Now, it doesn't I'm not saying that we're better or anything like that, but that was our priority. Now, yeah. we didn't have any money for a long time, nope. so you have to think about that. And so sometimes people are like, "Well, we wanted the money so we can do things later on." Well, just make sure you do those things later on. You right. have to make sure you spend some time. The point of having the money is so you could. Do the things you want to do with the people you love and not just build up a a kingdom on earth. So that is a a very big issue facing marriage and family today is the balance of work and family. And I know guys tend to go overboard. And I don't know if it's because they're having problems at home and they just want to stay at work longer or because they want to Mm -hmm. climb the corporate ladder or get better or more successful. And um, they end up spending 50, 60 hours a week at their job. That's not good. It's not healthy. Nope. Think about how much time you spend at work. You probably might, you might even spend more time at work than you do with your family when you, when you break down the hours and how much time. So these are very, very big decisions. If you're trapped in an office and this is your life, think about it. You know, what are you going to do? And uh, that was a big thing we talked about our kids about, you know, do you want to go to college? Do you want to be professional? Uh, Go into a workforce where you climb the course corporate ladder. And if they do, they do. Uh, We didn't try to stop them or anything. But you just have to think about if you prioritize family, that some of these jobs might send you away from the family for a while. 
Right. And that might be okay for a while. That might not be. You have to make that choice and just be aware of that. And uh, don't just do it because for the money. That is the big key. Like, yeah. don't just do it for the money. I feel like that would be that would that would go back to number ten, you know, materialism. Oh, right. <laughs> but yeah. So all right. Well, that that's the number nine, and uh, next week we'll tackle number eight. Hey, this is Joshua Charleston, the producer of the Mike Charleston Show. Thank you for listening to the show. If you want to follow us, we're on Facebook at Mike Charleston Show and Instagram at underscore Mike Charleston Show. Please support us on Patreon for exclusive content. This episode is over, but if you want more, check out the website at fellowshipofbelievers.org for more information. The Mike Charleston Show has been brought to you by Fellowship Believers.